Hey guys, Wes and Ryan here letting you know that this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast is brought to you in part by Homefield, the premium collegiate apparel brand based right here in the United States of America out of Indianapolis just up the road. And these guys, they, they helped us as a sponsor last week. They're, they're a sponsor this week as well, going to be a sponsor here for a little bit. And the reason we are so, so happy about this, guys, is this company is awesome. You hear this kind of stuff a lot. Um, but the, these kind of vintage college shirts have been all the rage now for a while. That trend's not going anywhere. And Homefield is perhaps the very best company that does this. And these guys on Saturday opened up their Tennessee account. So you can go to homefieldapparel.com and they got 15 things to choose from on that site. And these are a lot of things. And when you talk about vintage stuff, a lot of people have this vintage stuff, but what makes Homefield different is they dig through the archives and the history of each school that they partner with. They find unique logos, mascots, and they in moments to make really thoughtful decisions about what they put on these shirts for this school. And for Tennessee, they got 15 pieces of apparel, including t-shirts, hoodies, crew neck sweatshirts, all kinds, all kinds of awesome stuff. And in the past, they've done things with Notre Dame, LSU, Texas, A&M, Wisconsin, Minnesota, UK, a bunch of others. Now they partner with Tennessee, and they're partnering with the Go Vols 24-7. And I'm telling you, I can finally talk about this stuff now. I think we both can, Ryan. Last week, they sent us stuff, and we couldn't really talk about it until it came out. We couldn't really preview anything. Um, but now I can tell you all 15 pieces are out. Uh, you can see the a lot of stuff with the Rifleman on it, a lot of really cool old smoky uniforms, Vol Navy, Pride of the Southland. These things came in. They are super soft. They are super comfortable. And since they came in now, uh, this was uh, last week, uh, my wife, has, who, who is pregnant, she can never find anything comfortable to wear. She wears that sweatshirt every single day now when she gets home. She just puts that sweatshirt back on, and this stuff is really soft and comfortable. It is, and uh, same same thing. My my wife has already uh, claimed the uh, the sweatshirt that came in. She she's a big fan of it. Uh, really soft, comfortable stuff. And uh, this is this is the kind of stuff that's right up my alley. It's it's a lot of sports fans are like the vintage looking stuff, and that's definitely what they have. And it's like you said, it's it's a bunch of unique logos you can't find on on a, on really any other stuff. Uh, there are plenty of Tennessee merchandise out there. Not anything that looks quite like this. And I think you saw that with the the on sale Saturday, a lot of excitement and, the, and some big numbers that, that home field had with this, uh, the launch of this line on Saturday. So uh, obviously a lot of Tennessee fans taking notice of it and uh, rightfully so it's some high quality stuff. And you know, the best part about this guys is right now you can go to homefieldapparel.com. Uh, you can also go, you know, through Facebook, you can go through the socials there through, through Twitter, Instagram, all those other things. But the easiest way is you go to homefieldapparel.com Go click on whatever you want, put it in the cart, and when you go to checkout, put in promo code VOLS247. That's VOLS247, VOLS247, and you get 15% off of your first order. You can go to homefieldapparel.com, click whatever you want in there. doesn't have to be Tennessee, but uh, probably, if you're listening to this podcast, it's probably Tennessee. Go in there, click what you want, lots of cool stuff, put it in the cart, click VOLS247 right there at the end for 15% off. That's homefieldapparel.com. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Have you got drama yet? Good morning, afternoon, evening. 
brunch time, lunch time, Noah's Ark time. A little scrimmaging in the rain time. Wet ball drill time. You got to be, as a Tennessee fan, uh, a certain age to know what wet wet ball drill time means. Whatever time of day it is, boys and girls, it's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker, Patrick Brown coming to you. I'm here in Fort Rucker studio. Patrick Brown is uh, at Parts Unknown there at his uh, undisclosed location at a certain part of the East Tennessee, greater Knoxville region. I guess we can... Uh, we can probably probably put it that way, Pat. Uh, what's going on, my man? Uh, <clears throat> nothing, Wes. Just um, trying to stay dry. Yeah, it's uh, you know, I've been saying there for a while that you know we need a little more rain. We need a little more rain. I didn't mean like you know a foot of rain in a few days. That that's not necessarily what I think we meant. But regardless, that that is what we got. So. We we will take it. We will take it. The a uh, lot of lot lot less watering in the yard and in the garden and all that stuff the past couple of days. I know Pat, you got a big yeah. yard too, so that is nice. This is very peak Knoxville weather. I, I noticed that this morning or uh, on th- Tuesday morning when I got to uh, got my car to go to campus for for Josh Eiple's post scrimmage availability. I grabbed a rain jacket and my sunglasses just in case because you know. I, I didn't check the forecast. I know it's supposed to rain, but you never know when the sun just might come out. So I uh, have to be prepared. Yeah. Hashtag East Tennessee weather. Yeah. Thank, thankfully, now they make those jackets that you can usually like fold and, and put them like in your backpack and they don't take any room at all, but they'll also keep you dry. Thank God for technology. Wonderful, I, wonderful stuff. I ordered a uh, 24-7 sports rain jacket. Uh, we had some some swag made available for us uh, recently, and I'm, I'm still waiting for it to come uh, along with some other sweet gear. So uh you know, I did, would, have, I, would have been a perfect day to wear that, but yeah, it's not I, here yet. So I, I never, I didn't check that link yet. I need to go do that. Uh, I'm gonna have to go. I think it's closed, Wes. I think you missed the boat. Did I really? You missed the boat. Oh well, I'll, you I'll, definitely. Yeah, that's that's unfortunate. Oh well, I already have some stuff, so that's okay. I'll just try not to uh, gain or lose any weight, and uh, and we'll be good. Pat, speaking of the the weather, obviously, you know, Tennessee scrimmaged on Tuesday morning. The Vols practicing. In the morning now in the Josh Heupel era, and Tuesday uh, was the second, I suppose, major scrimmage, you would call it, probably a major scrimmage of preseason camp. And, and there's a, always a lot of talk about when the weather is bad in preseason practice, preseason scrimmages, do you go ahead and do them outside because you're going to play some games in that weather and you need to get ready for it versus – and that, that that goes for players handling balls, center getting the, the snap exchange, long snappers getting the snaps, all those things. That's important. But also there's there's a greater risk of injury usually in those situations. So kind of how do you balance that? Josh Heupel very clearly on the uh, falls on the side of let's play some football. So they went out there on Tuesday and they went through a practice. And, and we spoke with Heupel afterward. He took a golf cart over to Anderson Training Center where we spoke to him. It was closed, obviously, to two reporters, as most scrimmages, pretty much every scrimmage is in the SEC nowadays, understandably so. But when you look at the scrimmage and, and you look at Heupel's talk to us afterward, he hadn't seen any film yet. That always changes things to some extent. But but he seemed pretty pleased overall, I felt. Did, did you did you agree or did you see some more kind of that the, the concern you there? Yeah, it sounded like this scrimmage was a little bit more even than the last one, the one they had last week. That that one sounded like the defense really um, was the winner in that one. I, I don't know that I don't know that there was a winner necessarily in this one. And, and we're as as always, we have to say we're we're still 
trying to find out more about what happened. Um, as is always the case with these close scrimmages, try to talk to some people that were there um, and, and see, get a better gauge of, of what went on. But um, just from Hypel talking, it made it sound like you know, the offensive line had a better day. Uh, the offense in general had a better day. They weren't very good last week. Um, and it sounds like they did some some better things on that side of the ball. But also the defense did some good things too. Got some early stops, um, got off the field third down on, on some early drives with the first and second team group. So um, that was uh, probably the biggest takeaway. The other two takeaways for me were he seemed pretty pleased that um, how they did handle the rain. I think that's something that we do need to, to touch on is that, um, you know, it doesn't – it, when you talk about playing in the rain for Tennessee fans, they'll always point back to some main games in the past, whether it be that infamous 2002 game with uh, Casey Clawson not being able to get a, a quarterback center exchange. Yeah. Um, there was that LSU game where they played with like half the stadium lights out during that disastrous 2017 season. Uh, that was the the first game post Butch Jones when Brady Hoke was the interim coach. There was, uh, I think games against Montana and Oregon that were played either after huge storms or during or whatever. So um, the, it, he made it sound like they handled it pretty good from an offensive standpoint, throwing the ball, catching the ball, uh, running the football pretty well. Um, and, and from what I've been able to gather so far, it doesn't sound like there were a ton of interceptions and too many balls hitting the, the, the ground with fumbles and, uh, you know, slippery issues with the pigskin. So, uh, and the other thing was that that Heifel sounds a lot more confident in just how m- many guys he feels like can help this team win. Um, and I don't think he would have said the same thing going in the spring or coming out of the spring, just but you take who they've gotten back healthy, who they've added from the transfer portal, guys coming along. It sounds like they, they feel like they have better depth on this team. I wouldn't say that the depth on this team is great. Uh, and I certainly wouldn't call it proven in, in just about every situation, but um, it definitely seems like he thinks this team has a lot better depth and a lot more numbers and a lot more guys that can help them win on offense, defense, and the special teams where sometimes your lack of depth can really be exposed uh, in the SEC. It sounds like he's uh, much more comfortable with his team on that front. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because, you know, th- those of us on the beat this season, I-, I know, you know, some people have covered Tennessee their entire careers. Other people have moved around different places. Bottom line is I don't know that anyone in Knoxville – currently in the media has experience covering Josh Heupel as a coach in the past. And I think that can be important because it's sometimes hard to get a gauge. You know, usually after you've covered someone for a couple of years, three years, especially if you've covered them longer than that, you get a sense for for how to sort of decode what they're saying. And, and you know, certain, certain things like with Butch Jones, you could say, okay, what did he say? Okay, well, the exact opposite is probably the actual truth because he was – incapable of telling the truth a lot of times with Jeremy Pruitt you know there were certain ways you could ask him questions that you could get serious responses from and then there were some answers that questions that he just he didn't really like talking about with Fulmer everyone sort of learned to decode him over time because it was it was you know he'd been around forever and what I'm trying to say here is with Heupel I don't know whether because because at times his sort of I don't know if you want to call it optimism but his sunny side up approach to viewing things and it's not that he's, you know, unrealistic or naive or anything like that, but he just has been a lot more positive than I probably expected. So what I'm wondering is, is that something that, um, is that surprised you too, Pat? Or, or is that something that we're just going to get used to that with Heupel because that's how he talks? Maybe a little bit of both. I, I think he's a guy that's not going to say anything he doesn't want to say. I mean, I asked him point blank, um, you know, have you seen any separation at quarterback? And I think we all know where, 
what direction that that is trending, right? I think we all know that um, at this point it looks like Joe Milton's going to be the guy. I think he's ahead of Hendon Hooker and Harrison Bailey, and that would be the order that I would put them in. Agreed. It probably will be the order that I put them in when uh, I put out my predictive depth chart um, for both sides of the football on Wednesday. Um, but and he basically said. <laughs> When there is separation, I'll come down here and tell you guys. Uh, and that is, I mean, will that happen? Probably not. I don't know if they'll announce any anything with the quarterbacks um, this week or if it'll be game week, it'll be game day. I don't know how they're going to handle that. And at UCF, he announced it. Um, I don't know. I don't know how many days before their first game back in 2019, but he announced it with a, like, pretty much a statement on Twitter, uh, a, a graphic, a statement on a graphic on Twitter. I don't think that'll happen here. Um, I think in, uh, you know, if you, if they want to do it the right way, if I was running, I would, I would come out and announce it and then have the guy, have the quarterback talk. But, um, but yeah, I think that that's sort of a microcosm of, of, he's just not going to say anything he doesn't want to say. Right. So I asked him if there's been any separation, I think everybody knows that there has been separation, but he says there's not been. So, um, there are certain things with him, just like with every coach where you can sort of read into what they're saying. Sometimes you can take it at face value. Um, when he says, you know, the offensive line had a better day and really created some nice runs. Um, I, I don't think that that's, I don't think there's any strategery or, or skullduggery there. Um, but there's other things that he says that you kind of have to maybe not take as, as face, take at face value as much. So, but yeah, I, th- I do think they're, we're still kind of figuring out and, and fans too are, are also still trying to figure out kind of how he, what he means when he talks and, and, and the things that he's saying, what do they really mean? Yeah, I, I would vote for uh, for announcing the quarterback. If you remember the uh, the late 1990s uh, South Park guys vehicle basketball, um, where, where they had the press conferences after games where uh, the, the the team who won had the celebration and they wore the, the winner hats and the, the losing team had to wear the hats that said loser on them. And, and they interviewed that. I had never seen that in quite that way as I did in that film. Made me laugh then, makes me laugh today. Uh, I would like to to see that as a press conference with uh, whoever doesn't win the quarterback battle having to sit there and wear the loser hat. That would be that would make me laugh. Uh, no one else would probably. I don't think that's going to happen, Wes. I'm so saying, don't get your hopes up. A man can dream, can he not? A man can dream. Don't take that away from me. Don't take my dreams away from me. Don't Sometimes you? Sometimes dreams can turn into nightmares. Wes. Don't 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 piss in my cornflakes. That's all I'm saying. But but in all seriousness, I I, I do think I have been surprised at times by the sort of optimism that he shows because you need to show that to your to your team right it's good to put your best face forward when you're a coach speaking publicly we know that players can be a bit sensitive as we all can be as humans and and that you have to be careful as a coach and how you say things publicly especially with younger kids or, or they can take that the wrong way and things can go badly so I understand that however I just I keep having this thought in my head that that we see this constantly right we see this not just with Tennessee fans, it's kind of a universal thing, that your team is supposed to not be very good, and then as preseason camp rolls around, you start convincing yourself that it can be pretty good. And you go from back in the spring saying, I don't think this will be a bowl team, to, no, I could see six wins, and now you're like, oh, I could see seven or eight wins if things break the right way. And then all of a sudden you start building something that is going to ultimately let you down. Because what this program needs, I, I think, it is a hard, hard realism about where things are and where they are moving forward. So you can sort of set your 
your your short-term expectations at a reasonable level so you can sort of stop this narrative of Tennessee is disappointing every season. I think you you have to be careful and and I wonder if as a coach being in a place like this that's something Hypo understands yet. I'm not trying to get too inside baseball or you know three-dimensional here. I I I'm just I'm wondering if that sort of thing is playing into fans who all of a sudden will start expecting more than is realistic for this season. Uh, I, I don't, I, maybe, you know, fans are going to get optimistic anyway. Right. I mean, that's just, that's, that's the part of the, the, the nature of being a fan. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know that they're going to hear hype. will talk after scrimmage and, and start saying they're going to go eight and four. Um, but I mean, it, it's much easier to, to, to sort of hold on to the positives that you hear coming out of a preseason camp, right? That, that, that's much more uh, the case. And in Heibel's case, I mean, even going back to the spring, he, he, the, the focus was always going to be positive because these players needed that. I think these need, these players needed some, uh, an injection of energy and, and uh, of life and having more fun of, of being in this program. We've heard a lot of players talk about that this off season. So uh, I, I don't know the Heibel's setting up some sort of, you know, pride cometh before the fall by talking possibly about his team. I mean, I don't, I don't think that's the case. Um, I think he's trying to keep positive for his players and um, try to keep a, a positive vibe because last year was miserable um, on the field. wasn't very fun off the field with all the COVID stuff that a lot of guys had to deal with, with the, with the, you know, and you know, with the way things went with the last staff. So um, yeah, I, I don't, I, you know, people are going to get pot and people are going to get, you know, the, the, the optimism is going to grow this time of year. It always does, no matter what. Uh, and, you know, if, if you're able to get through camp without any significant injuries to, you know, very key players, then that's reason to be positive. So, um, yeah, I think I, I do think people need to need to keep a realistic view about this team and realize that if they go seven and five, that would be a really kind of a big deal. I mean. Um, and, and some things are definitely going to have to fall that way for them to get to that point. So, um, but at the same time, I, you know, I, I wouldn't, I, I think three or four win predictions are also just as equally doom and gloom. Cause oh, I agree. No one I needs think, to do that. I think yeah. there's better talent on this team than a lot of people give credit for. Um, and you know, I, you know, you, to everybody for the untrained eye, the narrative of this program, this off season, man, look at all who they lost in the portal and how many players left, blah, blah, blah. Uh, all this sort of stuff and um, to this point they've navigated it and you know and there's reasons to be excited about this team but there's also reasons to realize that you know this team has has got a long way to go and and could have some rough Saturdays but um, I I don't know that Heupel trying to take a positive spin on a scrimmage is 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 a reason for that and uh, and and like we talked about you know we're I don't know that fans need to read into everything he says and face value, but that's what that's what fans do. That they that's, they parse over every word that is said, and they get optimistic, and that's just that's just kind of the way it is. Yeah. I, I, before we go to break here, I just want to clarify that because I, I I know some people will take that what what I just said the wrong way. I don't mean that people need to be doom and gloomy. I don't think anyone needs to predict a three or four win season. I'm I'm not saying that at all. What what I'm saying is. I think the narrative is something with the Tennessee program that has to change. The narrative has, has just been so negative 
not not consistently, but a majority of the time for the past, I don't know, 10, 12 years, it's been, the narrative has been bad, and it's been deserved most of the time. But I also think that a realistic short-term approach uh, is something that could really help the program. It could help the players. It could help the fans. Now, if you're a player, you want to go out there and win every game you play. There's no question about it. If you're a coach, you want to go out there. It's like Rick Barnes said his first season. I'm never going to say that going into any game my team doesn't have a chance. I expect my team to win every single game against any team, any opponent, anywhere, anytime. And, And I respect that. I'm talking more about sort of fans and the general vibe because I think that's something that has really sort of hurt this Tennessee program is this sort of this this doom and gloom mindset. And I think being realistic on the front end of a situation can really help you there. And that's more about the fans than than the team or the program necessarily. I just you know, you see these things from 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 a mile away and you see them happening and I just I wonder I I just wonder if that's gonna be a if some people are starting to get a little bit too too optimistic about what this team uh, can do, and I, and I think that could hurt in the long run. Well, I mean, I, I don't think that people should be getting crazy optimistic off preseason scrimmages anyway. I mean, scrimmages are, uh, yes, they're important. They're big evaluation tools for, for coaches, and they're, and they're big opportunities for players to show that they can go into the stadium where the pressure is on and, and deliver and, and, and can be guys that the staff can trust. But, I mean, they're not worried about the narrative of, you know, are we being too – optimistic or too, you know, worried about what's happened in the past when they go out and scrimmage. So um, if I would never recommend getting too high or too low if you're a fan off of scrimmage. Uh, no, I, I, I just, I just mean, all. not necessarily just off a of scrimmage. I mean, just as, as preseason camp has progressed here, it just seems like on a daily basis, he keeps talking about, you know, there's more depth here. We've brought in a lot of guys. We feel like we have a lot of options at a lot of places. And that's the kind of stuff that starts getting people really excited. And I just wonder if that's, you know, and, and I don't. I don't just mean the scrimmage. Well, I, mean, I mean, like it's in true. general. I mean, they 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 brought in nine transfers since the spring. They've got guys like Jeremy Banks back healthy, Latrell Bumpus on the defense. Um, you know, their linebacker room is night and day from what it was in the spring. Agreed. Um, that position obviously has improved. They brought in some. You know, the, you know the the starting quarterback is probably going to be one of the guys they brought in, and, and you know could be two transfers at the top of the pecking order there. So. Um, and a, a transfer receiver is going to play a lot too, and Jonathan Payton. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think they've improved this team since the spring. And, um, you know, if, if you want to read too much in a scrimmage, this is even today, this scrimmage or on Tuesday, I, I wouldn't even put too much stock necessarily in that scrimmage just because it was played in a, in a deluge. I mean, it was running pretty good for a lot of the morning, uh, on Tuesday. So that's going to change things. Will Tennessee play any games in the rain? Will they play one? Do we know um, it's fair? You know, they're going to play some games in the heat where they've really not had to really encounter that yet because they've been practicing in the morning. Um, you know, so that I, I, you know, just based on today's scrimmage, what Hypel says coming out of it, uh, I know his words are always going to get parsed and we've already, I've already seen on, on our, on the checkerboard, some, uh, some reaction to him saying there's been no separation at quarterback and, and, uh, but, you know, people are going to read into what he says and parse over it and take it at face value. But that's, you know, sometimes you got to be careful when you're when you're doing that. And the same goes with being uh, using what a coach says or, uh, you know, take. I don't know about Jerry Mack is a good example. I mean, he, he talked pretty glowingly on Monday about Tennessee's running backs, but genuinely they like this running back room. I think the, especially the, the top three guys there with Jabari Small, Ty on Evans and, uh, and Jalen Wright. But, you know, you, you hear some of the 
coaches talk about these guys and get excited about them. Then you hear a guy like Rodney Garner be like, well, we kind of suck. (laughs) So Uh, 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 about one of the position groups that a lot of people think has actually had a really good preseason camp and a good off season. Right. And that's just, that's the way Garner is. His, his target of, of what is good is, is so high. And even if they reach it, it's like, well, you can do better. (laughs) So, um, but that, that's the thing. I mean, and that's one of the things about, I, I guess maybe some optimism too, coming from, talking to a lot of coaches, talking to a lot of players. It's easy to listen to Darnell Wright and Jalen Hyatt and uh, and even Dejon Terry over the last past few days and, and be like, okay, you get excited about these guys. So I get that, but that's that's always part of this season, right? I mean, you know, back in January when everybody left, it was are they even going to win three games next season? By spring, it's like, you know what? We can go six and six. That's doable. Look at the schedule. All these other teams aren't great either. Uh, and now you get into August and it's like, you know, they could be maybe seven or eight wins. It's just it's just the natural course for for fans, and and that's what makes. Uh, I mean, that's why there's just so much passion about this program. That that's that's just how it is, and uh, and it, that's what makes it kind of fun to follow. I agree. I think there's there's a lot to parse over with that, but I, I just it's it's just a thought that I had, and I, I'm I'm trying to help people here with their with their mindset because I, I I worry about. You want to be wet blanket go. West, don't no, you? No, no, not a wet blanket. A um, a lukewarm blanket, just a reminder blanket, a, a, a security blanket, if you will, letting people know that hey, it's about the long term here with where they are right now. So it's easy to say that though, and then they put a hundred thousand people in that stadium, and, and those people want blood, and that's how it goes. So there's nothing probably at the end of the, at the end of the day that can be done about that. There's plenty more to discuss about this scrimmage, guys. We need to talk more about Tennessee's quarterback situation. We sort of hinted at it, but we'll talk more about it in the second segment. Talk about some things that we've liked in camp, some things that are concerns, uh, and sort of where things are moving forward. But before we do all that, take a quick break here, pay some bills, uh, listen to some products, services, and house ads, other fun things. And we will be right back here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Welcome back to the GoVols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago. During that commercial break, West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a, on a rain-soaked, waterlogged Tuesday afternoon here in Knoxville, Tennessee, just a couple miles away from Neyland Stadium where the Tennessee football team went through its second major scrimmage of preseason camp here just a couple hours ago as we're recording this uh, on Tuesday morning. Joined by Patrick Brown from an undisclosed location somewhere in the Knoxville area. We will leave it at that. We're, we got a lot to discuss. We, we've talked a little bit about Tennessee scrimmage on Tuesday. We'll talk more about that here in the second segment, talk about the quarterback situation, some stuff we like, some stuff that, that's a little concerning, all those things in between. Before that, though, quick reminder, guys, if you could take about 90 seconds out of your day right now uh, and go in there and rate and review and subscribe to this podcast, that would really, really help us. We appreciate that. We do this for free, and, and we are really happy to do it. Um, but if you can go in there and it just takes 90 seconds and if you're just listening on the website, that's cool, man. Nothing wrong with that. We love you. Thank you for listening. However you listen. But if you could go in there on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world, you can cast the fine pod. You can find this Go Vols 24 seven podcast. We're on every major platform. Please go in there and subscribe. Please go in there and rate and review. That helps us, uh, kind of keep the show moving as we've done throughout the past few years. That helps other Tennessee fans find this show. Uh, also, there's nothing wrong with the good old-fashioned just telling your buddies uh, that you like this podcast. Get the word out there. Uh, that's that's all we ask for. Uh, we're not asking for, for money. We're not asking for anything like that. We're just asking for a quick 90 seconds out of your day. Uh, that would help us out a lot, and we really appreciate that. So please, please go do that. Also, we got a really good offer right now on the site at GoVoss247.com if you do want to give us money. But we got a really good promo going on right now that you could, you should go check out at GoVoss247.com. Hurry, there, there's not a lot of time left on that deal. Uh, so please go on and take advantage of that. It's one of the best ones we have of the year, and it's a really good time to do it. So go check that out. And even when you start paying us the full price, less than one mediocre lunch per month, not a big deal. We'll talk about that later. Lots and lots of stuff to discuss here. Pat, getting back to the scrimmage on Tuesday, uh, I guess one thing we should mention, just we didn't mention it in the first segment, uh, Brian Maurer, no update there. Uh, didn't really expect one Tuesday, but we sure didn't get one. No, I think the uh, the ball remains in, in Maurer's court about what he wants to do. Um, obviously, he, he was told he kind of wasn't going to be the guy and his reps in practice were going were gonna to change, and he didn't take very uh, well to that. And uh, has not been a practice for about a week now. And uh, I mean, it's kind of hard at this point to see him coming back and just jumping in like nothing happened. Um, Cause you know, what, what is his role going to be? What, what good is he going to be out there? If you're very much about the collective and the connection and, and the group as a whole, uh, like Hypel is, I don't, I don't know that, uh, that he just comes back like nothing ever happened. So um, does he go in the transfer portal? What does he do? I, you know, I think it's up to, to Mauer to make a decision and, uh, I would think something will happen in the next few days just because they start classes on Wednesday. But uh, with Maurer, he's just kind of one of those guys you just never really know. But um, right now he's uh, still kind of in limbo and, and figuring out what he wants to do with his future. Yeah, and, and for the short term, I, I think that there's still no question about it that, that he was not going to be the guy. So it's just a matter of now, does he want to come back and 
you know, be a, you know, get some backup reps, get some scout team reps? Does he want to stay fresh that way, stay in shape? And then maybe go into the portal after the season. What does he want to do or does he want to stay here and keep developing? He's got, I guess, three years left if he wants to use all of them. Uh, so go in there and try to fight for your job that way, right? I mean, the, there's no reason, you know, is the grass necessarily greener somewhere else? You don't know that. So we'll see. There's been no major update there. But as of now, the the fight still remains between the three guys. We'll spend most of this segment, or at least a lot of it, discussing, uh, which would be Joe Milton, Hendon Hooker, and Harrison Bailey. And we mentioned this in the first segment, Pat, but but Heupel has come out there and said again today on Tuesday – there's not a lot of separation there. When we have some separation, I'll be the first to tell you about it. I'm not sure I buy that. Everything I've heard and what I've seen with my own eyes suggests this is Joe Milton's job to lose. Even a couple, even as of last week, you know, I was saying I'm not ruling out Hendon Hooker, and I'm not ready to just completely put that nail in the coffin yet because I think his consistency on a day-to-day basis, his experience is something that will keep him a factor. Um, but at this point, when you're talking about upside, when you're talking about what they're doing daily on the practice field, it really you're starting to get the sense that this is Milton's job to lose, right? Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I, I, I'm not saying it's done, but uh, it, it kind of feels like it is. Me, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of getting there. Feels yeah. like it is, but it kind of feels like it just isn't. But um, I, yeah, at this point, I would be surprised if anyone other than Joe Milton. Uh, the third, who's who we should start calling him because that is his official name on the roster. That's very, what he wants to go by. Very true, very true. Um, that that's he. Uh, if he, anyone other than him is taking the first snap against Bowling Green at this point, I'd be surprised. Um, I, I just think he's he's gone out and earned it. I mean, I, I don't think he's been perfect, but um, I think he's shown this staff what uh, what they wanted to see from him. Um, I think he's been more than just a, a big arm, but I think he's been pretty accurate with the football from. Uh, from what I've heard, and uh, and obviously he has the ability to to run and, and hurt defenses that way too. I mean, you get a six five, two hundred forty something pound quarterback on the move, tough guy to tackle. And um, he didn't do a lot of running at Michigan. They used him uh, here and there with some design runs. Um, and he, you know, I remember from from watching the film, he had a good, I think a long run against Minnesota that set up a touchdown. Then he had a run against Michigan State late in the game. They were trying to get back in it. I think it was either third or fourth down, and he basically truck two or three guys at the sticks to keep the drive alive. So that's what he can bring to you. I think he brings the most upside to this offense um, with the way he can uh, stretch the field um, vertically with the way he can get the ball out quick to the perimeter. Um, this offense wants to use literally every square inch of the field and his arm strength allows uh, them to do that in the passing game. And, and he's able to also be elusive as, as a runner and, uh, make things happen when things break down up front, which is something that, uh, that Joey Hosley said earlier in camp that I thought was interesting is uh, they like mobility and athleticism at quarterback, not necessarily to to run the guy a lot, but just the way they play, it's a little hectic, a little helter-skelter with, you know, and there's going to be breakdowns up front, and sometimes you have to be able to avoid the free rusher that's inevitably going to happen um, when you're going fast. Sometimes you're going to miss a protection call, right? Something's going to happen. You're, you're back going to miss a, a, a guy coming off the edge or whatever. So uh, that quarterback has to be able to extend plays and get out of trouble. So, um, but yeah, that, that's where things are at this point. It, it kind of feels like it's, it's going to be Milton, but uh, you know, have they told those guys yet? I don't know. I think, I, I think most people on the team 
uh, I think the writing is is on the wall about how this thing is going to play out. Yeah, I really like every time Halsley is made available to reporters. He yeah. he seems to be really good in those settings, and and I like the things that he says. Just to be frank with you, I mean, he he says things like, "I want the quarterbacks to go out there every day and let it rip. Go out there and let it rip. Go out there and play football. Go out there and make plays." Uh, he knows everything's not going to be perfect, especially when you're trying to go as fast as they go. You can practice it every day of your life. You're still going to make mistakes because that's an uncomfortable or unnatural state or a way of playing football. So you're going to make mistakes. Um, but I like that he says that. I love that he says all the time, we don't want robots. Uh, he wants this offense, you know, depending on who's the quarterback, tailor it around what that quarterback can do. It, it's not that you're trying to wedge anyone to a system. You're trying to, you know, put a system in, into what a guy can naturally do. And, and I like that. And we've said this time and time again, that there have been times in the past at Tennessee and I think it's a product a little bit of the way football was played at the time, um, but it's also just something that was specific to some of those coaches. They wanted to minimize mistakes. Whoever made the fewest mistakes in a lot of chances, in a lot of ways, was going to be the quarterback. And I don't necessarily think that's the deal breaker with this staff. And I got to be honest, I really like that. I really like that they want this quarterback to not focus on, you know, listen, you're going to make mistakes, man, but go out there and play fast, go out there and make plays, go out there and make things happen. When you play that way, you put the opponent on the back foot, you make the opponent feel uncomfortable, and that's the way that you, I think, can win football games. It, it, it used to be a, a matter of, you know, don't make your mistakes, a punt's not a bad possession, you know, it's better than a turnover, let's go ahead and 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 take care of the ball. And I'm not saying that that they're giving the quarterbacks free license to go throw three picks a game. I'm not saying that. But they're saying, listen, you have to score points to win football games in this era. You got to go and you got to put points on the board, and you can't do that if you're afraid to make mistakes. And I like the fact that they are – I think they'll get the most out of these quarterbacks by doing that. Does that sound crazy? No, and it's a good point. I was thinking about this the other day is, is, um, you know, this part of the quarterback conversation is just one – phase of it right because once you get to the games whoever's the guy has to go out there and perform right joe milton can he could have run away with this thing uh in a matter of eight practices uh but if he goes out there and sort of craps the bed against either bowling green probably not likely because it's bowling green but if he goes out there and looks bad against pittsburgh then then his his status as a starting quarterback might come under uh maybe be more in question particularly if uh, if Hendon Hooker, Harrison Bailey, whoever it is, shows that that, that the gap is not very much, and, and I don't think it's been, and I and I don't think Milton to this point has has blown the other guys away, um, but I do think he's emerged a, a, as the top guy, um, and so with with the staff the way they want to play, you don't want a guy being tentative and and trying not to lose the job once he has it, right? Makes sense, correct? Yes, um, but. I don't think Heifel is, is going to be, I don't think he's going to be, uh, and I think Lane Kiffin left Matt Corral in, in the Arkansas game last season when he threw five or interse- six interceptions. Yeah. It was something, something like that. Yeah. It was a lot. I don't think Heifel will do that. Um, so that, that's sort of the, the balance that is interesting to me is, and that that's part of where this, this competition comes in is if you go into the season, you think it was pretty close. If Milton goes out there and struggles early on, you might, I wouldn't say you have him on a short leash, but you might be quicker to pull the trigger and give the next guy a shot. So, um, and, and that's what they've wanted to see from him. And, and I think Milton has done a good job from 
from what I've heard, I don't think the quarterbacks have had too many issues in terms of throwing the ball to the defense. Correct. I've, that's um, what I've heard too. Which the the good news is that is the quarterbacks aren't throwing the ball to the other team. The bad news is that your defense isn't making a lot of plays, which uh, is, you know, we'll get to that uh, later on in the discussion, I'm sure. But um, in terms of what the concerns are, but uh, yeah, I, I just think Milton and, and I thought this when they took him and, and I sort of watched him play and uh, I don't know people were wondering, well, he didn't look good at Michigan or whatever. I don't think Harrison Bay looked that great at the end of last season either. Uh, but the bottom line is what no, those I mean, guys th- did. Th- there were times that Shroud looked better, to be honest. Right. And I mean, but there were, you know, and there are times that Hooker looked really good at Virginia Tech. And there are other times where, and that was probably his biggest thing, is that when you made him a passer, he struggled. When he wasn't using his legs, six, ten plays as a runner, all those things, he kind of struggled. All these quarterbacks came in with their warts, right? And, but uh, I think what, and there was nothing for anyone to go on really other than the spring for two of those guys um, was that, you know, what they did or how they looked last season or under different staff, right. They're old school. That stuff really didn't matter in this quarterback competition. Right. I mean, what, yeah. what those guys did at their previous stop is pretty much irrelevant because the job is going to be determined based on what they showed this staff in camp in practice. So, yeah, and, 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 um, and I think Harbaugh probably did a lot of that stuff that we talked about not doing in terms of, don't don't be you know playing afraid to make mistakes kind of playing I don't want to say conservatively but 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 playing that you're worried that you're going to make a mistake that was sort of that that old school mentality that I'm not sure was great for Milton. And when this offense too is the, is the other big factor for me in that this offense just I think makes things easier on the quarterbacks and it gives them a better chance to really show what they can do. Um, and I you know I I don't know too much about Virginia Tech's offense to really gauge what uh, how they maybe you know, how Hooker fit into that one. But I know that a lot of what he did and what can't, what he can do was a good fit here after the coaching change. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and with Bailey, that was the question was he was the guy that didn't have the best arm uh, of the group and he wasn't the most athletic or mobile of the group. And so I think that sort of, um, I think he was maybe sort of going into this, uh, um, you know, going into this gun fight with a knife to sort of reverse how that saying goes. But, yeah, um, but yeah I mean, I, I don't know how they're going to handle it from this point on. Obviously, Heifel is not really well, really willing to get too much into the details about what the pecking order is. But I think the pecking order is, uh, you know, I think we've sort of seen it develop over the past week or so. Um, at UCF two years ago when they had a quarterback competition, they announced it via Twitter, um, a little – graphic with a statement on it about who was going to start the opener. I don't think Tennessee's going to do that. Um, and, but, I, you know, but I don't know that they're going to announce anything even game week or, or before. And with quarterbacks, you kind of have to be delicate with it, right? Because um, this position you sort of have to manage because you don't want to lose anybody. Right. Yep. And Tennessee's at a point where they've already lost one quarterback and they don't want to do anything where uh, someone else might be enticed to look around. So, um, that would be sort of the, the benefit to maybe waiting as long as possible before coming out and naming a star. And, and they genuinely may want to see uh, with these last couple of practices this week, because they're off on Wednesday because classes start, then they have three practices. Then uh, if they aren't in extended game week already, uh, these next three practices later this week, then they definitely will be after that. So I don't know if they're going to, 
extend things anymore, but the scrimmage was their last major scrimmage. Everybody only gets two scrimmages now with the, with the rules that the NCAA changed. So, um, and I don't, I, from, from what I've been able to gather, I don't think Milton did anything to uh, hurt or diminish his, his chances of being the guy based on how he and the other quarterbacks performed uh, on Tuesday. Yeah. I, I think it's hard not to get excited when you hear things like, you know, Milton talking to his receivers about scramble drills and saying, you don't have to worry about getting coming back to me. Just go wherever there's open space. I can throw it 70, 80 yards if I need to. It's hard not to get excited about things like that, thinking about a quarterback kind of giving you one of those like Jamarcus, you know, Russell, like 70, 80 yard throws in a game. I mean, that's, it's fun to think about that. You know, it could be exciting to see because, you know, normally during a scramble drill, you got to focus on getting back to the quarterback. He's like, I don't care, man, just go find space, which is really, really interesting. But we could talk about the quarterbacks all day, but, but we do have other things to discuss. And I think, Pat, the point that you just mentioned is something we absolutely do need to discuss, which is at what point does it become a huge concern that this defense does not seem to be making plays? Because we talked about what they, the kind of defense they wanted to build was one that would be aggressive. Um, they didn't want to kind of bend, not break. They wanted to be aggressive and go out there and try to force turnovers, make plays. Because you're going to give up points um, because that's just the way football goes these days. But if you can create turnovers, if you can create big plays, uh, you can be, still be a pretty good defense even if you give up a lot of yards and points. So we've not seen them do a lot of that. And looking at some of the players out there on the field, I can see why that's the case. How much of a concern do you have about that? Uh, it, yeah, it's mainly the turnovers. I think they've got some guys up front that can be disruptive. Uh, Byron Young being one of them. I think they've got some linebackers that if they're kept clean can, uh, can, can wreck some things. Uh, so that's probably the, um, it's mainly more of the turnovers that I think is, is maybe been the question mark for me. Uh, I still wonder who on this defense is going to be guys that, that off, opposing offensive coordinators say, we have to know where that guy is. We have to get a block. We have to make sure he doesn't wreck our game plan, all those things. Um, and, and they've got some potential with some guys on that, on that side of the ball. Um, but maybe just haven't done it. A lot of, a lot of these defensive backs, I, I can't remember the number off the top of my head. I know I wrote it a few weeks ago, but com- between them, they've got like six or eight interceptions in their career. Just not a lot of production, not a lot of ball production in the secondary. Um, and that's something that, that, that is a question mark for me. Uh, I, honestly, I think I probably heard from, from what I've heard, I, I've probably been more encouraged by the defense than I thought I would be. True. That's um, fair. That's fair to say. And I don't know that, you know, I think they're probably, they probably had good days and bad days, but, um, you know, I, I don't think they've been really bad by any stretch. And, and a lot of people probably thought going into camp, probably looked at this group and was like, I, I could see them being pretty bad. Um, and they might give up yards and points just because uh, that's sort of the way that, that, you know, with the offense, the way that they're going to play, it's, it's probably going to be the case. But, um, you know, I think they've seen some encouraging signs there. Heifel uh, talking on Tuesday about the depth they got at linebacker was really interesting because, um, you know, we, we a lot of people thought, you know, even we thought it would be John Mitchell and Jeremy Banks. I don't think it's just those two guys. Uh, I think I think Pat Garland's had a, a pretty good preseason camp. I think he's going to start. I'm starting to he really lean start. heavily toward that. Um, and I think Aaron Beasley is a guy that they probably would feel comfortable playing too. Um, and, and I think he might have been a guy that had a pretty good scrimmage on – uh, on, on Tuesday. So that, that was interesting to me. Um, so, uh, probably, yeah, that the big question on the defense is me is, is who are the, you know, who are the Derek Barnett's, the Dana Batulis and the Gerald Taylor's and the Nigel Warriors from this group to use some examples of, of players who recently were quote unquote playmakers, right? Bryce Thompson, you know, who, who are the guys that are going to step up and, 
uh, and, and it, you know, intercept passes and force fumbles and uh, get sacks on third down. Who, who are those guys going to be? Um, and, you know, who, who, you know, it's tough to know. The defensive line rotation, I think, is going to be sort of an ebb and flow, right? Um, it's been tough to get a read on that group just because it changes. I mean, if you if you have a bad practice, Rodney Garner, you might be working with the threes the next time out. Yep. Um, even though you were just working with the ones. So, uh, and I think that's how that could be during the course of the season where guys that are playing well, and playing how he wants are going to get more snaps than the guys that maybe aren't. Um, and, and so uh, linebackers a little bit different because I, you know, I think, I don't think it's a, a foregone conclusion that it'll be Mitchell and Banks. I think Mitchell's probably there, but uh, Banks is not. And in the secondary, they've got, like I said, they, they've got a lot of experience back there. But can those guys elevate their game and, and become uh, guys that are that can hold up in coverage and, and make plays on the ball when they have those opportunities? Yeah, I, I'm, my expectations for the defense, and I'm speaking only for myself here, my expectations for this defense going into preseason camp were nearly as low as they possibly could be. So anything better like South and Sari level? Yeah, like, like in, you were expecting that bad? Yeah, like anything what's funny is that we weren't expecting the Sensari defense to be that bad. It just was that bad, which was in hindsight, I'm like, how did we all miss that? Like, how did we not see that was a disaster? But but regardless, I my expectations were were pretty low. I just didn't see a lot of difference makers. I didn't see a lot of depth in some areas that, that concern me. I just didn't look at many places where I circled and went, man, that guy's a dude. You know, there just weren't there weren't enough of those guys. And to your point, I do believe that that it has it has surpassed those incredibly humble expectations going into preseason camp. There is some more depth in some areas. There are some guys that are doing some good things. But I think it's alarming might be a, a tough way to put it, but it's a concern that you just don't hear a lot about a lot of guys making big plays. Now we've seen in the past. You brought up Nigel Warrior. I think that's an excellent point. If you remember, going into his senior season, Nigel Warrior had just not made many big plays. He was a guy who he was— just one interception, right? Yeah, he was a big hitter. He did some good things. Uh, he was reliable in some ways, but he just did not make plays on the ball, and that's a hard skill to just learn. You, you know, sometimes you're just either a playmaker or you're not. And it started to—you to, started to wonder, is this guy just not a playmaker? Then, boom, his senior season, he's making big plays all over the place. So that does maybe mean guys like, you know, Trayvon Flowers and, and Tank McCullough and and Alante Taylor, Kenneth George, those guys haven't made a ton of big plays before. That doesn't mean that they can't go out there and make those plays now. I mean, you can develop that sometimes later in your career. Sometimes you just don't, but sometimes you do. And, and so, but I still wanted to hear more about, you know, because you, you think about it, guys like Trayvon Flowers, Theo Jackson, they've played a lot of football. And at some point you got to start thinking, they're going to go out there and they're going to see some things coming and they're going to make plays. And you're just not hearing a lot about that. And, and to me, that's a big concern in the secondary because you got a kid like Danico Slaughter who is just made every kind of play, scored touchdowns in every kind of way that you could in high school. The kid is potentially very dynamic in the long run. But in the here and now, it seems to be that they're favoring the sort of more reliable play that someone like Theo Jackson gives you. I just wonder – if the way they want to play defense, they're going to have to make some big plays. And aside from maybe Byron Young coming off the edge, uh, I don't know that I see a lot of sort of circle them and they're going to make plays kind of dudes. Yeah. Um, and, and in the secondary, I think the some of those older guys have done a good job in, in this camp of, of responding to some of the competition that, that this staff brought in, particularly the cornerback spot. I think um, there's, there's you feel a lot better about that position than you did in the spring. 
with what you've gotten out of, of Turnage and uh, Deshaun Rucker and, and Kamal Haddon at that position. So, um, and I think it's been a good battle between Theo and Danico Slaughter. I think Slaughter is a guy that that is going to be a factor. Um, and I'm interested to see uh, how the rotation looks on the defense line, but also what do they look like in the secondary? Because who's who's the sixth guy? Who's the dime guy? Um, do they rotate at all? Does Willie Martinez want to do that at corner? Um, and in this day and age, you almost need to have at least seven or eight corner or defensive backs ready to go. Yeah. Um, just to, you know, just to be able to handle uh, a game. So, um, that, that's a question to me. And some of these guys that maybe don't make the starting lineup, I think are, are really good candidates to play a lot on special teams. So, um, you know, the Rutgers and, and turnages and, uh, some of those other linebackers of the world that, uh, are, are maybe not there maybe not to the point where they can be trusted on the field defensively, but you know, if you want William Mohan to run down and cover a kickoff, I think that that would probably fit his skill set pretty good. So yeah, him and Morvin, um, jo- him and Morvin Joseph both. Yeah. Yeah. And Joseph could be a guy that, that maybe they get on the field some sub packages. They're still talking about maybe rushing off the edge with him. I don't, I don't know if he's going to be a, a two deep guy um, at linebacker at inside linebacker, but you know, this, this is kind of his first full season there, at least in this defense too. So um, but, you know, in the, in the scrimmage, I thought the defense, uh, like I said, like we kind of touched on earlier, I thought it was uh, the defense didn't maybe win it as much as they did last week, but um, they still had some some good moments where they were able to go off the field and uh, and, and get some stops. And um, that, that sort of, I don't want to say caps off, but I think it again shows that, that maybe this group could maybe be a little bit better than expected, even if what was expected was, as you mentioned, very low. Yeah, and, and I I wouldn't say that my expectations were that low, but clearly there were. Uh, I think there was plenty of reason to to be concerned about that side of the ball going into preseason camp. Sure, I mean there, there's nothing wrong with the wait and see approach. I mean, you know that that's usually the safe way to go on a lot of things. So, so there's no there's no crime against that or anything. I I I, I just think that. My expectations looking at it where I was like, I just, they're really low. You just, you saw some of the things in the spring and you're like, that could be rough. But then some, you know, they got some new, some, some new bodies. Some guys got healthy. They learned the defense more. Things changed, right? That's natural. It's a natural course of events. So that part I think is interesting. I, I, I just think that I worry about whether they're going to make enough big plays because, uh, because I, you just have to make big plays on defense to win nowadays. It seems like even if you're, you know, it's not about getting, yeah, it's not about the points and yards you allow anymore. It's about the number of stops you can get in half and, and how many turnovers can you create. Those are sort of the bigger things now, and we'll see how it goes. Pat, before we get out of here, anything else in terms of, of camp? I know that we talked about the running backs, and it still looks like those top three look pretty good. Uh, hearing good things about the receiver, still concerned about tight end depth. Um, you know, they're, they're coming along there, but they just don't have a ton of numbers. Anything else in your mind um, that, that really is getting your attention? It seems like the O-line, the first team unit, is – maybe not set in stone, but looks sort of like they're getting closer to that. Anything else that stood out to you? Um, I, I don't know that it stood out. I do think that, that uh, Valus Jones is uh, – Valus Jones Jr. It, Jones Jr. Is, is – his status is maybe worth monitoring. I know he's he's been dealing with the hamstring, uh, dealing with the sore hamstring for a lot of the preseason. So I, I don't know how much he did on Tuesday in, in the scrimmage. So I think they're just trying to maybe get him to the season. But, you know, I saw him in practice a few days ago with – one of those weird bands uh, that's like down the back of your leg. Yeah, Austin Pope um, wore, wore those. Yeah. Right. I think he bought. He might have borrowed it from Austin because um, that was the last player I saw wore those and uh, wore one of them. And and I think that was the season Pope had like a partially torn hamstring. So I'm not saying that that's the deal with Bayless, but 
Uh, I think he's a guy that that they're going to try to, I don't say load manage, but uh, certainly they may just try to get him to the season um, at this point. And I don't know how much, like I said, I don't know how much he did in the scrimmage. And uh, I, you know, we did get asked about Tyler Barron. That's something we're still, as of recording right now, we're, we're still checking on to see if that was a precautionary deal or if it was uh, something more. I don't think he scrimmaged either, but yeah, I, I'm, that's I, where we're at now. I don't think there's anything seriously wrong with Barron in terms of, of a big concern, but I, I mean, I could eat those words, you know, it, by the time we get done recording this and before we hit publish on it, I might have to edit this because we hear something different, but that's just the the nature of the world we live in now. But, but I do, I don't, I, I don't believe there's anything seriously wrong with him. So I did, I did hear from a couple of people that they didn't have any major scrimmage, uh, major injuries coming out of either scrimmage, including this, uh, this one on Tuesday, which I'm probably grateful for given the weather and, and the risk that uh, is there when you're, you're playing in, and in a downpour yeah because you have to play in that stuff because you have to get used to it but it also increases your injury risk so you're kind of in a bind there as a coach and i i would probably do what hypel did and say you know what this is football guys are going to get hurt you got to go out there and play i don't think you can wrap um wrap these wrap these guys in you know and and treat them like an egg that you don't want to break i I just you know you got to go out there and play the game that's tennessee needs to play games it needs to get better and and the only way you're going to get better is by practicing so I, I tend to agree with him there, but you know, any any decision you make like that, there's going to be a risk. But but such is life. I think that's mostly the main stuff. I haven't heard anything crazy with special teams. Nothing crazy going on there. You know, obviously, if if Jones is dinged up, you, you could look at some different things on kick return. Maybe Jalen Wright, some other guys. Uh, you know, I I still think though things are at a pretty pretty decent place. And and I just warn people about being too optimistic. But I think this camp to me, has gone better than I imagined it might to this point, knock on wood. So I, I think that's that's a good sign. Yeah. I think that's a good place to leave it. I think that's a good place to leave it. Pat, you got anything else? Nope. Well, then thank you for joining us, my man. Thanks. Yeah. Have a good one, Wes. And you know what, guys? Thank you for joining us here on the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. We say this every week. We say this every week, every episode, multiple times a week, but we mean it. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. If you want just Tennessee news, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals247. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals247. That page is updated all day, every day. Uh, tons and tons of good stuff on there. Uh, but if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Mountain spring water right from the tap, that Smoky Mountain goodness, Ronnie Millsap style, go get that at govals247.com. The best site on all of Al Gore's internets to get your coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting. Tennessee baseball, those guys with Vitello are always making news these days in a good way, usually almost always in a good way. Uh, Lady Vols coverage with award-winning Maria Cornelius, who does all things Lady Vols for us, does a bang-up job doing it. Thank you, thank you, Maria, for doing that. You can get all that also on GoVols247.com. Also, got two forms that run around the clock. We got the checkerboard and the summit, which run around the clock with information uh, and, and water cooler conversation. You know, it's like uh, you want access to us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Go to the checkerboard, go to the summit, ask us questions. We will be there to answer them. That's that's our job. That's what you would pay us to do. Uh, And anything that's not political or religious in nature, you can fire away with it. It is a water cooler, fun, laid back conversation with a lot of good stuff going on. And and through the pandemic and, and shutdowns and more stuff coming, maybe in the long run here in the in short term, I should say, unfortunately. But we will be there 
at 24-7 Sports. We'll be there at GoVoss 24-7 to help you through all that. And you get all of that for the less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. Hard to beat that deal. And right now, if you go to GoVoss247.com, if you hurry up, you can get 75% off the price of an annual membership for your first year. That is one of the best deals that we do all year long. And we do that right now. So go right now to GoVoss247.com. This is one of the best things that we do all throughout the year. Go there and check it out. And if you pay us the, the, the price, guys, if you pay us that price, which is reasonable, very, very reasonable, we will give you a $100 plus annual value for free every year in the form of Paramount Plus, which is CBS's streaming platform, CBS Viacom streaming platform. Everything CBS has ever done, every show commercial free, tons of new movies, old movies. You got stuff from the catalogs of MTV, BET, uh, Comedy Central, Smithsonian, Nickelodeon, all that on there. Also, you get live sports, NFL, uh, PGA Tour, college football, SEC stuff, uh, obviously Tennessee stuff. You get, uh, you know, you get the UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, NFL, all that, PGA, all of it. $100 plus annual value for free that we can give you and no one else can give you. So go right now to get 75% off of an annual subscription. Go right now to GoVols247.com. If nothing else, you should hear from us here again before the end of the week here on Thursday or so. Uh, we'll have more information for you then. Until then, guys, uh, be safe. Those COVID numbers right now do not look good. So uh, please get that vaccine if you can. Please, please distance. Please be careful. Guys, you're seeing cancellations of high school games and stuff already. We don't want this thing to get to there. So be careful. And if you can't do that, at least be good to each other. Just be good. Be safe. See you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.